Hi everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from the Mail Fuzz Network. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's up? Unfortunately. Or fortunately, depending who you ask. Well, if you ask me. Um, no, Connor is not here this week and it's not actually because he's sick or because he's away for the weekend, like the last like two times that he's missed an episode. It's actually because this week was so busy with Luke Cage going up and us reviewing all the episodes that we had to schedule out things like in between each other and it just meant that we had to, to fit everything in, Connor had to skip this week's episode or we wouldn't be able to do it until like Monday, which would be super late. So mm-hmm. here we are without Connor for one week. So apologies, but you know, I'm sure we'll cope, I'm sure we'll survive. But yeah, as I say, DC Comics Podcast, and this week we will be talking about Teen Titans Rebirth Issue 1, Batman Beyond Rebirth Issue 1, Detective Comics 941, Action Comics 964, Wonder Woman 7, The Flash 7, Batgirl 3, Titans 3, Blue Beetle Issue 1, Suicide Squad Issue 3, Deathstroke Issue 3, and of course, since there's no Connor, uh, his uh, segment of Connor's Corner will not be here, but he will discuss Hal Jordan and Hellblazer at a future date. So, that's what's on the schedule for today's show. So, we will not we'll not waste time. We shall not bore you with small talk. Yeah, no news. Also, I mean, me and Matt don't even like doing small talk with each other. We secretly hate each other's guts. So, the, the quicker we get in and out, the happier we are. It's like uh, all famous partnerships. They start off great, and then when the camera's on, it's great. Camera's off, it's... Yeah, you, you, know. you think those uh, outtakes of Siskel and Ebert between takes were yeah. were vicious, so you should see us off air. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He's, he's a big teddy bear. I, I love Matt, really. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Except when I'm deprived of food <laughs> and I keep getting vetoed places to eat. Oh, uh, that, that, that's turning into a reality show about your your household, Matt. <laughs> and that, that, that turns me from teddy bear to grizzly bear. Oof. All right. New books. We had two. Teen Titans Rebirth Issue 1. Benjamin Percy Wright and John Boy Myers on art. Now, first of all, I want to know what uh, Benjamin Percy's doing. Like, you know, what's, what souls he's sacrificing to consistently get great artists across all of his books right now. He's one of Jeff Johns' chosen ones. Cause so. it's, now, admittedly, with this one, it's probably going to have the same artist ongoing because it's only once per month. But yeah. Green Arrow's had three artists and all three of them have been great mm. different but all fantastic yeah. and then art in this also great so well even the art throughout uh, Percy's original Green Arrow run in the New 52 was was good to great so hmm. yeah he, he must just be a good like writer to work with from an artist's point of view it must must be he, he's, he keeps getting them so but like the art here all throughout is very consistent, considering you're working with four different characters, like all very different personalities too. Yeah, um, it because basically what this issue is is it, it goes through of the five members of the team, we go through four of them, like mm-hmm. sort of given just a little just if you not if you don't know any of the characters, it gives you a little bit of who they are in yep. each one, sets who they are just up, a little taste. And each one ends with them being abducted by some, and we know who it is. We, we, yeah, we know. At first, I got confused a little bit, just because of stuff that was happening in other books. All right, and then you, I remembered the concept of the book. Uh, you were thinking uh, Mister Oz was <laughs> showing off in some, 
you know, when you got a, a staff and a cloak, okay. you know, things are a little afoot. But then I remembered what the the premise of this yeah. book was, what they told us at WonderCon, and it and it clicked. So, so of course, uh, Damien Wayne is collecting the other four Titans. The other four being uh, Kid Flash, Beast Boy, Beast Boy mm-hmm. Starfire, and Raven. Yep. So he kidnaps them throughout the whole issue. Uh, each each of them gets their own little, you know, four page, five page, you know, little story. Just where they are now. Uh, and I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun little introduction to these characters. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. I I almost prefer Kid Flash here to the way Williamson writes them. I feel like um, that may just be, it may be like John Kent, where this book's yeah. set after a couple of arcs in the Flash, so he's not, mm-hmm. you know, this is where he gets to after. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because he's establishes Kid Flash here, and I just like the way like how he talks about how he tries to deal with the Speed Force in the city, and like he pushes himself, and before he knows it, he's cycling back around. Mm. You know, yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool concept because when you watch it like on Flash and you see him running through the city, like you don't get that like first person. You know what I mean? You, like description of it. I don't know if it was in this book or Flash. Forgive me, because obviously mm-hmm. with Flash, he's in both books. Some um, yeah. Know. Was this the one where there's like two road workers like paving the the road again because the speedsters have torn it up? Yes. It was that this yep. one? Right, yeah, I like that little touch. That was a nice. I love the idea yeah. that the, this is a whole industry in Central City because the Flash yep. and Kid Flash are all running about. So. Well, and then they're also they have all the multiple speedsters too. They kind of hint on. They're like you know back when it was just Flash and a couple others, it was fine. But now you got all these yeah. other ones running around. Yeah, that's, you nice, know? that's a nice little reference. And the one guy is like, oh, yeah, good thing for job security. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was in this one. Uh, I also, to call it Teen Titans, I felt like some of the characters are a little bit older. Yeah, here's, here's the main problem. This is, well, I say problem, but here's the, the main conflict that I saw with calling this Teen Titans. Starfire, which it would be, it would be fine if they, if they de-aged Starfire with the other ones, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But they actually say in this book that she's had a relationship with Dick Grayson. Yep. And that they were a thing. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. but Dick's like grown up. And in the t- Is this implying that Dick was having Starfire as a girlfriend when she was like 13 and he was yeah. 18? Like, what? Not, not cool, Dick. Yeah. Like, not, not, a, cool. not a good move. That but, might work in the circus, but not in, not in the city. <laughs> uh, but that aside, though, like, I didn't really have any. I just thought that was a bit weird because I was like, wait a minute, I'm starting to think about these yeah. these ages now. But because uh, well, this is a very classic team from like even on the show, like you substitute some of the other characters we have, and they're all roughly about the same age. Like especially when you're dealing with uh, Beast Boy and Starfire and Raven, like just in my head, they're all supposed to be around the same age. And then even Beast Boy, like he's having this major party. You know, and the way that he's talking tells me, like, he's probably closer to 20. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's drinking alcohol and he's trying to get laid, basically. Yeah. Uh, which, by and the way, like, that was, that, was a, that whole segment was really fun. Like, him yeah. turning out of the cat, social pet him, and then yep. scaring her off because he does a, a Jaws moment in the pool because he turns yep. into a shark. That, that was really fun stuff. Well, and it also shows his immaturity because he thought the Jaws joke would be hilarious. To be fair, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. But well, yeah, but like when you're with a lady, that's probably not the thing you do, you know. Mm. It depends. If she has good taste in movies, she might appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you're, you're in a swimming pool, and he's already shown her that he can turn into animals. I mean, it's yeah. not that much of a stretch to think that this yeah. is just him. That's true, and he's also green. He's like, also green. Yeah, it's a green shark. I've seen a green shark in my life. 
But yeah, nice little introductions, and even the Raven feels different than the Raven that we read last week, which is good, because that's kind of a bridge series. So we'll see where she ends up. Yeah. Um, I, I think my favorite stuff was Damien's little comments at the end of each one, where yeah. you know he gets to the end of Starfires, but when he's captured her, because he's lured her in by making mm-hmm. that so, some random guy make it look like he's kidnapping a kid. And mm-hmm. uh, he, after he like you know captures, he's like, you know, that was surprisingly easy, you know, you know, and the way that yep. Damien would say, and then, you know, when he captures Raven, he's like, you should be the most powerful if you weren't so, I don't even know what the word they use is, but it's like. Well, he basically caught up on her dad, which yeah. that was the one scene that got me was she's in a museum and was she just seeing her dad's essence there with, with Trigon or was that stuff that Damien had planted? Like I don't know, cause he, I feel, I felt like he just capitalized afterwards, but he maybe did yeah. do something. I don't know, cause that, after because all, he has that creature with him, which I'm yeah. assuming picks up from the Omega stuff when he returned. Yeah, he's, he's got that big monster at the end when when we finally yeah. reveal that it's it's him at the end, and you know they, right. they're all tied up, all uh, you know, Magna forced up, yeah. you know. So, but no, yeah. I, Really fun, spirited book, uh, and I can't wait to see how these characters interact. Which is my one criticism, I suppose, is that this didn't have the, them interacting because it was all separate. And then, yeah. you know, but I think as a rebirth issue before the issue one, this actually works really well. Although I still think it's just the issue one of the series, though. Like I feel, yeah, like... yeah. The other company would do point ones, you know, and I feel like this is a point one prelude, kinda like prologue. Mm. Because I, I feel if you didn't read this and the, I mean, judging from Green Arrow, which I'm going to base it against because it's Percy's other rebirth that acted like an issue one, I feel like you might not have to have read this and then by the time one starts, it can just fill in. See, you say that, but I actually think it'd be really weird if you pick up issue one of Teen Titans and they're all captured by Damien already. Like That's true. You know, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Like I feel like this is the first part of the story, so they, they kind of have to. Because presumably the yeah. first the first arc will be them eventually agreeing to actually be a team. Yeah. You know, so. Right. But that was good fun. So that's uh, Teen Titans Rebirth, issue one. That'll take us on to Batman Beyond Rebirth, issue one, written by Dan Jurgens and art by Ryan Sook. And I have to say... I wasn't like again. I, I didn't go in with a like a low expectations or even mm-hmm. um, like you know. I didn't. It's not like I didn't want to like it, but I went in with no feeling whatsoever. Like I never like no, I, I've, I've seen some of the show, but I've never read a a comic of Batman Beyond. Yeah, and and here's my thing. As far as I'm concerned, Terry's story is capped off in that wonderful epilogue episode of Justice League Unlimited. Mm. Um, and every time I've tried to read a Batman Beyond comic. It just has never stuck. And I was really digging the Kyle Higgins uh, digital first. Hmm. But it was just too much to keep up with with everything else I was reading. So, like Pete said, like, I went in with an open mind, but I was like, well, that's a Batman Beyond book. I guess it's there. But, you know, I have to say, pleasantly surprised. Yep. Everything that I love about Batman Beyond, and it feels like a natural uh, continuation yeah, from it- the show. Not... I didn't feel like I needed to read anything from the other comics, like it seems to be no, jumping from. Me neither. The only real thing that comes up from that is that he was gone for a while and now he's back. Yep. But that's it. That, that yep. is the extent of it. Uh, everything else seems like you could just jump in here. So it, obviously it's a good jumping on point then, is I guess what we would say from that. 
Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought his his voice was good. Um, and it's been such a long time since I've seen the show. I'd forgotten so many elements. I forgot about the oh, Joker's mm-hmm. and you know the. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really due a, a DC animated rewatch session soon where I go through <sighs> Bat, well, Bat Soup, yeah. Justice Beyond, you know the whole thing. Yeah, Batman Beyond's probably my favorite iteration of Batman, just because it hit all the Batman animated series stuff. Hmm. But it also did that future neon Blade Runner. I do love stuff. a good uh, neo noir. Uh, yeah, say. and so just seeing like Max show back up, like his friend with the pink hair, hmm. like that was a nice little touch. And even Dana, and Dana's getting herself into trouble, it, like without Terry. It, I thought that was cool. And do you know what I like about it as well as a rebirth issue? Is that it, it does spend a lot of the time just explaining the origin of Batman Beyond. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm Terry, this is why I became this, this is, you know, this yep. is how I met Bruce and so on. And yep. I liked all that stuff because, I, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the show. And I'd forgotten, like, so much of it that it was nice to get this, like, here's the, the beats, here's the story yep. beats that you need to know, Garen. You know, you, you know that Barbara Gordon is the commissioner, you know, mm-hmm. and she knows who he is. She, she's in on the whole thing yep. and all that. So it, it, it clearly did all those things and it, gave us the start of the story beats without actually, I feel, um, giving us really any much story beyond the, the, the cliffhanger that's like, so this is yeah. what the plot's going to be the for Jokers. this little while. Yeah, so the Jokers have got the Joker's corpse and yep. they're trying to reanimate him. <laughs> Which, this is where it gets into the thing where is, is the show canon different than the comics canon? Which, if that is, that's fine. Absolutely, because, I believe so. Absolutely. Because... With Return of the Joker, there wasn't a corpse. You know, no, you're you're what? absolutely right, and this is something that always comes up whenever I talk to someone about when you get comics or a book or whatever from mm-hmm. a movie or a TV show. Is for me, it's always like everything that was in the show is canon in the book, but the book is not canon to the show. Right. You know what I mean? Like I always feel that way. Yep. I always feel that and way. And that's and as a comic fan that likes a lot of that stuff, uh, the current. DC movie products notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> that's, again, that's fine. Because it's like, the Batman the Animated Series has given to Batman as much as Batman, or the current Batman, I should say, hmm. as much as the old comics gave to the Animated Series. So they can work in synergy. Like, I don't really like that word. It's but art, it's the only way to describe it. Art-inspiring art-inspiring art. Yes, yeah. is, is, is what the thing is. Which, so, is but no, it was a really solid issue, and I liked how they differentiated the Jokers like at the beginning, where I talked about how they're responsible for him becoming Batman, because they led to the whole altercation with Bruce and him stealing the bat suit, hmm. and how they're different now, and that they're like they're not just about worshiping the Joker; they're actually like solidifying and unifying. So I thought that was pretty cool. No, I'm actually really interested to see where this goes now. It's a monthly book, yep. so it's not, it's not a huge uh, burden yep. on the, the reading list. And uh, I, th- I think the voice is down, and I think Jorgens is his second good book in his hands for me. So yeah, yeah uh, he's he's probably my most underrated like favorite writer, just based off of his his works. I mean, yeah, he gave us Death of Superman, and that's like huge. But all the smaller stuff he's also done that I've loved is you know. It's been a long time since he's been a big name, though. Like, you know, like in the oh, 90s, for sure, he was, like, Death of Superman guy. But, you know, recently, not so much. And I feel like between yeah. action and this, he's, he's doing some good work right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought the art worked well for the the book as well. Yeah. It, it felt very in style with the, the animated series, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the way the angles... Oh, dude, are... I could hear the theme <laughs> in my head as I was reading it. 
So the, the angles and the costume, the the way the city looked, all of it felt. And again, I, I like the idea of the different members of the Joker gang. Like you know, one of them's this big brute Bane looking guy, you know, yep. and all that. Which is actually where we leave off because he's like fighting him, and that's when we go yeah. to the cliffhanger with the uh, the Joker cop. Well, because Dana has, I forget the the character's name that kidnaps him, but I remember him from the or kidnaps her. I remember him from the show. So he's a familiar character that was that knows Terry oh, cool. and Dana, and but now he's running with the Jokers, so that was cool. But yeah, definitely a nice read. It was. It was a pleasant surprise. So that's Batman Beyond. That'll take us on to Detective Comics nine four one. This is part three of Night of the Monster Men, uh, written by Steve Orlando and James Tenney in the fourth, and art by Andy McDonald. I've actually I've actually written down here Eddie Andy McDonald because I didn't fully delete the Eddie Barrows from the last issue. <laughs> gotcha. I almost read that, so I just thought I'd tell you because it was amusing. Um, but yeah, so this is part three of Night of the Monster Men and I'm still enjoying it a lot. Oh yeah, it's... I like here because it feels more natural to bounce between the characters because that's what we're used to in Detective. So when they're going from the caves to Clayface evacuating the city to Batwoman and Batman... And Nightwing, Gotham Girl, and all that. It, it really, I felt, hit its balance here. Hmm. Which it kind of should, because this is the third part out of six, right? Yeah, yeah, but so. we're in the middle of the, the story now, essentially. Yeah. And so. we have more of Batman, like, doubting the teammate. Not doubting them, because he doesn't think they can achieve anything, but doubting, oh. like, he wants to be there to deal with each situation, because yeah. he wants to keep He's them He's a safe. protective dad, Yeah, you know? Can't uh, be everywhere at once. Unless you're Clayface. So the plot progression here is that Stephanie and Cassandra are mm-hmm. dealing in the caves with Bullock and that. All the people are getting covered in this red sludge that yeah. is making like them... A, like pull. a... Yeah, it was like a slime that... Was it yeah. there from the beginning? It was in It was in issue one or... Well, I see issue one. You know what I mean? The last two. Yeah, part it, one. Dude. It was in... I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, but there was a couple okay. of panels where you seen it start to fall on them. And, uh, okay. I, and I remember thinking, what the hell is that? Why is the rain red? <laughs> but, uh, then it, okay. but then that it came sense. up in this one, and I was like, okay, fair enough, this was going somewhere. Uh, I almost just thought it was a weird colouring issue. <laughs> so did I, and that's that where, when it started to attack, and, and what, no, not attack, but when it started to change their personalities mm. and make them more aggressive. Um, but I did like seeing Spoiler and uh, Orphan like, team up, because they're, like, really isolated because the radio's not coming through the caves. So they're on their own. Yeah, they're also the two youngest, and they're having to mm-hmm. deal with this problem on their own. So, yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's a nice, like, sort of... A, a nice, like, uh, trial for them, you know? Yep. If we're going back to Batman's training wheel of uh, stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a good, good, uh, good test for them. So... Mm-hmm. That's the, that stuff was good, and they're, they're dealing with that, and they're putting people in nets and trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, though, I suppose the main part of the story is that... Got, so we left off Nightwing, the last mm-hmm. issue, where Gotham Girl flies towards Blackgate. Nightwing gets there just after her, and she's like ripping apart all these little monsters that are... like you know She's yeah. using her heat vision, she's ripping them apart, she's throwing them around. And Nightwing's trying to calm her down, saying, you know... You know Calm down, basically. <laughs> I'm, 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 looking, yeah. I'm looking for another. You need chill, to girl. Like, yeah, chill. You still, you still got the psycho pirate thing going on, so let's, let's not. Yeah, she even brings that up. She even says that like, you don't yeah. know how psycho pirate affected me, and so I was like, yeah. well, that's exactly why you should probably not be flying into <laughs> yeah. danger. Yeah. But of course, where this all leads is they find the big monster that's producing all these little ones, mm-hmm. and she again, she 
dives in head first and hacks it to bits and all of its blood goes all over her and Nightwing. And the big cliffhanger at the end of this is that Nightwing and Gotham Girl turn into monsters and we see like a, a werewolf Nightwing almost on the last page. But yeah, with a bird beak, so he's like a griffin. Yeah. And yeah. she's this really nasty looking monster and I was like, oh, okay, now we've ramped it up. Yeah, now we're getting into really fun, like over the top sci fi realm yeah. here. Which I'm okay mm-hmm. with, might I add. Of course. Uh, but no, I enjoyed this show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a whole lot to say. It was just more action, more more fun, uh, like stuff. You know, the the big monster grows a fifth head, and yeah. you know, Batman and Batman are trying to contain that. Yeah. Oh, was, oh, there's a good little heroic moment for Clayface. Cause yeah, he, that's what I was just gonna bring up because he's evacuating the city and he pushes a mom and kid out of some falling rubble. Yeah. And they're horrified because they just watched this rubble squish a police officer. And then he kind of pops out from under. He goes, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, he basically T-1000's up from yeah. <laughs> behind it. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just a citizen like you. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, it's continually yeah. be good fun. Uh, it's, it's hard to talk about some of these like middle parts of these sort of event-style yeah. books because it is just a lot of uh, uh, fighting and stuff. But no, it's continuing to be enjoyable. It went in really quick. So I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, Nightwing uh, Owl or... Uh, griffin griffin or, yeah. creature yeah yeah so that should be fun uh so that takes us on to action comics 964 written by once again dan jurgens and uh, art by yep. patrick zutcher so we left off last, last issue superman came and found this clark ken that we're all curious about mm-hmm. and he takes them to his fortress not the one in the arctic the one that he built in his cave yeah yeah in the cave the and super cave the super cave it. sure and he's, he's brought him there because he's got like a, a a gizmo from another planet or something uh-huh. that he can touch and it'll let him know if he's telling the truth or whatever. Uh, let him see his history. And a lot of this is just them discussing stuff and talking and like Superman's like, I kind of want to say, I know you're not really Clark Kent because that's impossible because I'm really Clark Kent. Because I'm Clark Kent, yeah. yeah. But I can't just say that because if he's actually secretly evil, then that, you know, puts his family Gives in danger. himself away. Yeah. yeah. So... We play a lot of this, but there's a lot of interesting details that come out of this. One, uh, was it Geneticron? Is that the name of the, the company? Yeah, Genetitron or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so they were the ones ho- housing Doomsday, which makes sense, because if you go back to the first issue of Action, you see like, these people transporting them before he breaks yep. out. So that syncs up with that. But they also reveal that there was another casing, there was something else being held there. Yeah. We don't know what, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was something that we've seen before in the past. Yeah. And Superman, you know, so, some big monster of some kind. Uh, it can let your imagination run wild. But all this stuff with him, like, being Adam and I'm Clark Kent, and, you know, when Superman uses this thing for him to prove and he sees into his past, he sees, like, you know, all of his history, and instead of, like, you know, coming from Krypton, his, like, parents died in a house explosion or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's how he went to the Kents, and, you know, like, all this history built up. And I started having these crazy wild speculation ideas as I was reading this. I was like, what if he is actually telling the truth? What if what if New 52 Superman was never actually Clark Kent? Yeah, but that doesn't gel with everything else that I've read in New 52 Superman. No, I know it doesn't. I'm fully aware there's some details. And so, to quote a friend, he was saying when we talked about this, he went, DC, you have some explaining to do. Because <laughs> if that's the case, I mean, like, no. cool. I want to see the story that that 
you know, Look, explains everything. I'm not saying for sure that it is. I'm just saying I had the idea, and the reason why I sort of latched onto it a little bit is because I was thinking, well, New 52, New 52 Superman, the big problem a lot of us had with him was that he felt cold, he felt distant, he didn't feel like the Superman we had. And, like, I'm thinking, well, if he wasn't raised by the Kents, if that's the reason, like, he never had that, and that's why he was this way, I'm like, oh, that could almost explain it in almost, like, in a retroactive way. Like, kind of justify it a little bit. But yeah, I admit that there's probably other explanations that are far more likely. Yeah, I like how that he... It was basically the Clark Kent that we know, but just with these subtle changes. It still doesn't understand... Like, I'm having a hard time piecing the puzzles together about Superman. Like, if, mm. if this really was it, then what, was Superman just running around as Superman... Like, all this time, independent from Clark Kent, and how does Lois factor in, and... That's a good question. I. This is why I know? think it's probably not correct. It was just a nice bit of oh. pondering, I, I thought. I, I, I yeah. had fun thinking about it. The most likely explanation is, is that Mr. Oz is responsible for his existence in some way. But... It's just, we know that Clark and Lois from the Superman series, you know, OG Clark and Lois... Yeah. We know that something's up because the way that the New 52 Lois and Clark have died, as seen in, in uh, what was that last story arc of, of Superman before the rebirth? And oh, yeah. Superwoman. Last Days of Superman. Last Days. Yeah, there we go. It was right there. All the pieces were on the table. But we know something's up because this, this Earth is still the Earth from before, but... Lois and Clark are off. So where'd the other Lois come from then, too? Because is she different in the same ways? Well, I, I think uh, part of our speculation before is that, that they were both created because having the real Superman there was too much of a threat for Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So he, he or when he orchestrated yeah. all this universe shenanigans, he... Right. He he corrupted it, and maybe he took the real Superman and Lois out of the world right. that they'd actually always been in. Maybe we're still in the original world, right. but he put them elsewhere and made them think they were from this X pocket dimension universe from Convergence or well, you know, like, like yeah. Well, because they're also younger. Like, there's all the stuff there that again, DC has some explaining to do, <laughs> and and I am I am biting on every piece of bait you know oh like, yeah no it's great we, we're all captivated by this it's, yeah it's good fun so now just to just to wrap up the issue uh mm -hmm. clark eventually writes this big article about how this world can trust this superman who to yeah. them is new um yeah which is good i don't i don't know if i quite buy that he's convinced by anything superman does to write this article <laughs> but yeah like superman like kidnapped him and took him to the rockies where he was super cold and kind of held him captive and subjected him to, like, a polygraph test. <laughs> yeah, interrogation. He was interrogated. Right. By so, you know, but I did like a lot of what Jurgens had to say in that article about Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was just a little awkward, I thought. And, and reading it the way that it's presented, you know, I feel like that's a, a waste of panels. Yeah. Um so I guess the last thing we should mention is that the the Genetron building disappears because someone plants a device yeah. on it. It basically just vanishes from existence, and there's like a just like a 
just the, the, the pit of where the foundation would have been is just left there. Yeah. And the person who did this, we see him at the end go to his motel room or whatever. Uh, mm. Do you know what this is? Do you have any idea what this... This is that story that we saw teased. Um, I want to say something like God Slayer. Well, yeah, it says, Nick, it says next Slayer yeah. of God, so I assume that's where it's going. But, yeah. Uh, it, it because works... he saw... Because we saw him early in the issue in like a random page mm. where he takes out... I can't remember what it was. It's been a while since I read it, but... He he takes out some creatures or like something to do with the Genetron building because he looks like a random like a bum almost. Yeah, he's, he's you got know a, page I'm talking about. He's got yeah. long hair and he's got the cap on. He looks kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, because the last I page is thinking... him uh, coming to his like room and he's oh. he's got this big. It looks it almost looks like a planet, but like miniature. Yeah. So it's fit in a room and it's got the big uh, House of L. Uh, emblem yeah. on it so I'm not sure where that's going uh, but I'm intrigued and yeah it looks like War World kind of with a hmm. S on it so that's what I, I thought it. I can see it but yeah but that's action uh, still, still I'm enjoying it this arc's a very different arc from the first one um, mm-hmm. so no it was solid it's more pensive than you know the first three issues of the last arc were just action 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 yeah yeah, so, which I'm sure we'll get to some action once uh, this... Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, I'm not complaining. It's a nice... Yeah. All the other books that I'm reading, I have enough. So it's nice to have a, a slower down conversation of a book, basically. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> um, so that's Action Comics 964. That'll take us on to Wonder Woman, issue 7, which, mm-hmm. of course, is written by Greg Rucka and art by Liam Sharp. This is the fourth part of the present-day story, The yep. Lies. And it is a basically it's Wonder Woman and Cheetah going in and rescuing Steve and all the girls that are being held captive. Yep. And fighting. Rose Katarga. Rose Katarga, yes. And uh, with the power of femininity, uh, the defeat. Yeah. So. yeah, and I like that. I like that that spin at the end. That this whole time we're thought to believe that Urs Katarga is taking these women out, you know, because he. Because it, it's opposite. Like, we're led to believe that they serve him, but in reality, they're his weakness. You know, and um, so I like how it flipped that on its head. And even the cheetah story that goes with it. Well, it, you it, know? it almost plays out like a metaphor for like an abusive husband sort of relationship. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, the woman would typically think that, oh, she needs the, the, the husband. And that she's yep. nothing without him, but then realizes, no, he needs me like just as much, you know. Yep. And that this just obviously turns that to eleven, and like, yeah, if they unite and like fight against him, he'll, you know, evaporate mm-hmm. essentially. Um, the the only thing that got me in is like they needed Steve as a vessel, so I'm thinking Steve's going to become Urs Kataga this whole time. Oh, you still think that he's he's infected? No, 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 no. But then we get to this issue. And he just kind of needed his blood, I guess, mm. for him to manifest as a tree man, not unlike uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah. So I thought that was a little weird, but you know, I'm I'm interested in else to see where because this is, again, just the beginning. Yeah. Of lies. It's still beautiful, and it's still it's starting to link in very nicely with the themes of the Year One story, yep. because we have Cheetah. Uh, like some great stuff with her in this, like when she, when the the soldier like says something about her and she like jumps in and says, "Watch your tongue," you know, some great yeah. moments like that. And she, 
of course, the big the big ending is that after Urskatarga is dealt with, Cheetah mm-hmm. reverts back to human. Yep, she's back to being Barbara Ann. That's the cliffhanger. So that'll be yeah. very interesting to see. And they, they talk about uh, them trusting each other and how how Urskatarga corrupted her and you know told her yeah. these lies. Like the, the, the word is again, you know, the yeah. lies of the story. Well, yeah, and it was only to keep her under his thumb. So again, like you said, the metaphor for abusive relationship. Yeah. You keep being told you're garbage, you start to believe you're garbage. And, you know, with Wonder Woman, her whole thing is truth. So, you know. And I even liked how that's how they defeated him, is that they bound him with the lasso of truth. Yeah. You know, so undoing all of his, his bad stuff. So, but, um, yeah, uh, seeing Wonder Woman work with the, the soldiers, with Steve, and, like, they seem familiar yeah. with her. That was cool. So hopefully we get more of that in also, they had one story. great chemistry when she like first appeared, and like he's like, yeah. "Oh, she usually gives you three warnings, but I don't think you're getting them." And then after yeah. she knocks him down, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I missed your angel face or whatever he calls her," mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they have this sweet little moment. I was like, you know, they had more chemistry here than they probably did in the entirety of the New Fifty Two in this one scene. Yeah. So. Yep. No, nah, uh, definitely really appreciated that. No, nah, uh, Wonder Woman's still great, and it'll be interesting to see the next issue is the. The one issue story of uh, Barbara Ann, uh, yep. set in uh, around year one time. I don't know if it's in the middle yeah. of year one or if it's just before or just after, but it's... yeah, it's it's. A, I think the whole point of that issue is to give Scott time to refine the art. Mm. So it's still a year one type story, but it's so... her side of things. So yeah, that should be it's... good. I like how it's all tying into that. Like it's the beginning and the end mm-hmm. of Cheetah. You know, at both ends yep. of the spectrum. So yeah, it almost makes me wonder though too if it's just a happy accident or if while writing about Cheetah, Rucka was like, "Oh, I have an idea for a story." So let's get an artist on this. Let's put it out because that's cool. Like, yeah, he seems a creative enough guy to. That's more than that. More than just a fill-in story for an artist. Because this both stories so far are now pretty Cheetah intensive. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's Wonder Woman. Uh, that'll take mm-hmm. us on to The Flash, Issue 7, Joshua Williamson writing, and Carmine D. Giadomenico on the art. And mm-hmm. I really like this issue. This was, of course, uh, the seventh out of eight uh, parts to this first arc. Yeah, it's so weird that everyone else has five-issue arcs. And Williamson's like, nah, I'm going for the gusto. <laughs> hey, if his art needed more issues, it needed more issues. So, here yeah. we are. Uh, so... Yeah. Obviously, August is Godspeed. Godspeed is fighting Barry, but Barry basically runs away because he realizes he has to recharge and figure out a plan because yeah. he's he's getting his ass kicked basically. And he's got that he's got that you know haven't slept in two days beard going <laughs> on under his under his cowl. Just two is the Flash a cowl? What's his? Uh, I guess so. I would call it yeah cowl. I mean, I guess because it's all connected like Batman's kind of. Yeah, yeah. A cowl. I don't know, but yeah. Anyways, he's got that hasn't slept beard, so he does need to. And uh, again, he is the fastest man alive until villains show up and they reveal that they're faster. <laughs> so maybe he needs to stop introducing himself like that. Maybe just like Barry Allen, I'm the Flash. I'm fast. So, I'm Barry Allen, and I'm one of the fastest men alive. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that, so, that, that would do the trick. But no, I mean, obviously, Carmine's art's fantastic again. There's almost no mm-hmm. point to even talk about it because it's, it's been consistently yep. fantastic every single issue and he's it's done. It's so fluid. Like, you feel the motion yeah. throughout. And there's a lot of running in this issue, not just because it's The Flash, 
But with the Flash running away uh, and Godspeed running around doing what he does. Yeah. So Godspeed side of things, he he goes in. He's, he's looking for more connections to this this black hole organization and he's like interrogating them yep. and he kills a bunch of them at a, a crime scene this this there's, there's like a high situation where or mm. a, I should say a hostage situation hostage situation yeah. at a courthouse at a courthouse and he goes in and kills them all and he, he's all proud of himself but meanwhile barry's of course the much more interesting side of the story because he he learns about wally because wally comes in and oh. like gets upset about mina and he's like, look, Barry, you're taking... Or he doesn't know he's Barry, sorry. Flash, you're taking Flash. me with, with you uh, when you go and find Godspeed. And Barry talks him out of it, but he, he does get an idea from him. He does, like, he gets this idea where if they can take the speed from the other speedsters, if they're willing, then they don't have to get hurt. They can just willingly right. give it up. And it's because the speed force is all fragmented that's causing a lot of trouble so this would reunite a lot of it and because Wally was already infected with I say infected that's maybe not the right word but he, he was already yeah. connected to the speed force yeah. before the, the storm that gave everyone else the powers both him like Barry and Wally can both like harness all this extra speed both force both the vestals yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they give up willingly because they don't want to die as, as you will although some nice good stuff yeah. with uh, Avery who uh, I was just going to bring that up yeah. that She's like, well, I like having powers, but being a uh, hero is being selfless. So you need these more to bring in the bad guy. Yeah. That's... So I almost feel like there's just a Shazam quality to this too. To where in in Shazam, uh, Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr., again, such a dumb name. But like they get their powers from Billy splitting his own. And so I kind of feel like there's a reverse type of that going on. Hmm. You know, that Flash is pulling from these other people. Where Barry's like, no, no, no. You all give me your powers and we'll force it onto one. There can only be one, yeah, basically. Exactly. And, you know. and there's a quickening, except there's two. <laughs> uh, and I liked also what Wally said about Mina. Hmm. And that's kind of what drives Barry, that she could find the good in everybody. And that's how her, you know, speed force power kind of manifested. Which contradicts to what the ultimate like cliffhanger of this issue is because Godspeed's yeah. the opposite. He's like on his yeah. way, he's like, right, you know, Bar- Barry goes to, well, he, actually, it's Godspeed shows up while they're just finishing all this and yeah. attacks Barry and him and Barry are fighting and racing and he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to go to Iron Heights and kill every single rogue and villain that you've put yeah. away there because, because you've let them all live. You, yeah, you let them all live. It's almost like the Batman principle. Mm. Towards like, yo, Batman, if you just off these dudes, you wouldn't have to keep having breakouts from Arkham. Like, you yeah. know? And so it's the same logic here, but with Flash, it's like you love your villains too much, and the fact that you keep them alive, it that's what's running you ragged, because yeah. you don't end things. It's cause it is similar, but at the same time, it's a little bit different, because Flash is all about, yeah. like, he can find the good in people, like you said. He, can, he yeah. believes in rehabilitation to an extent, and it's worked with some characters in the past. Like yeah. some flash heat villains, wave. yeah, Heatwave. Um, oh, there was another one in Wally, uh, Johnsy's run. Um, Piper, Piper, Piper. Early. Yeah. Uh, Early. So yeah. it's it's happened in the past. So with him, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Barry's also of the complete opinion that he doesn't want to cross that line. But well, but but yeah, but it's also like these are his greatest enemies. Whereas, like you don't you don't see Captain Cold being brought up. You know, mm. like it's not that because. I like that version of the rogues where they're just doing their job. Kind of. They're just like, well, we're going to rob stuff and Flash shows up. We're going to book it. And it's kind of like a game that they play. 
here with the guys that are in Iron Heights, it's it's like Thawne. Like we get confirmation that Thawne's being kept there. And he looks more like classic Thawne from the, the small panel. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. So, and so the fact that Godspeed's going there and it ends on a race. Yeah. You know? <laughs> As it should, because it's the Flash. Yeah. So just like in Solid, like I'm so happy to be reading Flash again. As that's been like, since I've been reading comics, it's one of the constants. I've always read Flash, so... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's great. So, that's the Flash issue seven. That'll take us on to Batgirl issue three, written by Hope Larson and art by Raphael Albuquerque. I feel like this one will be quick because I, I don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it. Not much happens. It's, like it, it's very simple. Like you know, we see the, yeah. the aftermath of the fight that she got into at the end of the last issue, where she got knocked. Which out. I thought that was like concussions aren't hilarious, but that like, was being so a wrestling and football fan. Like, they're not a laughing matter, but here, the process of, of Barbara trying to recount what had just happened, because yeah. she got her bell rung, I did kind of laugh, just, yeah, you know. Yeah, because she can't remember, and it was it worked really well as well, because I think I almost forgot the cliffhanger at the end of the last issue, Yeah. so when she actually remembers, oh, the tattoo, it's it's her, it's the, uh, yeah. it's, it's that woman I was fighting School before, girl. yeah, uh, like, I was like, oh, yeah. It worked really well. It sort of worked with me. But like the past issues, there was a lot of good um, like banter and humour. You know, Batgirl getting off the plane and immediately wanting food and you know yep. being like dinner check. You know, she's in Seoul, right? Like, so now we, we get another taste of what Korean fare is. Yeah, yeah. Like. She, she goes to Korea at the end, yeah, and obviously it ends up in the building site, and she finds out that their boss, like, she's confronted by two of them, but their boss is actually back in uh, Singapore. I want to say. Singapore, yeah, because yeah. he's tracking down her friend Kai. Yeah, who she thinks might have, like, data encrypted into his DNA. Bit silly. Well, really. <laughs> in his gut, right? Because he got infected. Oh, yeah, true. What's okay. the word? Bio... What, what was it? Biotechnology, I guess. Yeah. And when they first met, he had food poisoning. And so she started, which I thought was a cool twist. You know, so maybe the way that he's acting, like he's acting dodgy for a reason, and not just he is, you know, from the other side of the tracks. Mm. And so, but yeah, she falls into the trap, and yeah. is is gonna have to fight while they're taking care of Kai. Joe, I liked as well. Actually, one of my favorite panels in this issue was mm. when uh, it's when she's arrived in Korea and she goes to where uh, Tattoo Girls uh, training. And she's sneaking yeah. around to look in a locker and to look for clues. There's a great panel where, you know, the tattooed girl is, like, training with, you know, a punching bag or whatever she's done. And yeah. Batgirl is, at the, like, behind the wall at the corner looking around. And it just looks so classic comic book, sort of, like, yep. you know, Bat character sneaking around and looking from the shadows. Mm-hmm. But extremely goofy at the same time. And it kind of yep. sums up the, the tone of the whole book. So I really, really mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yep. But no, that's, that's good. I, we probably should briefly mention that Albuquerque is leaving after the first arc. We, uh, I know, that's week. sad, but if he's going to draw more American Vampire, and that's what Snyder's been working on... Uh, unfortunately, then... Matt, I'm pretty sure it's to go and do a Mark Millar book, but... Just let me have my hopes. <laughs> Please, I miss American Vampire so much. I will give you one hope. I'll give you Larson. There you go. Uh, yeah. But I'm done. Uh, that was right. almost like you have a concussion, Pete. 
<laughs> Batgirl is a is is consistently very good. Uh, not a whole lot happened this issue, but not in, not in a way where I'm like, oh, nothing happened. I'm like, you know, no, it just yeah. Not- story beat wise, it's like we we were talking about in other uh, in <sighs> Monster Man. Yeah, Sorry, it's been a long day. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of like it's a bunch of action stuff. Her fighting, her learning about you know. Like her, I like that she said her eidetic memory kicked in, so it was like her muscle memory, mm. and not her brain memory. So a lot of that type of stuff. It was a very dialogue-free kind of yeah. And issue. she has she has that really good moment as well where uh, she attacks her again, but because she already got her bell rung in the, that that fight where yep. it was meant to just be like a you know like a proper fight where there was a crowd and they're yeah. sparring or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was like hers back girl. Like she countered it and it like shocked the other girl. She's like, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's where that's Albuquerque's art really shines, is in the, those type of, like... Facial expressions. Uh, exchanges. The, rea- the reactions yeah. and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, oh. really good. So that's Batgirl. Uh, continuing good stuff. Uh, that'll take us on to Titans, issue three, written by Dan Abnett, art by Brett yeah. Booth. And I know you and Connor weren't super into the last issue. You didn't hate it, but yeah. you weren't, you know, super feeling it. Uh, I do think this one was a step up. Yeah, but I'm still, like, if Wally's not in this book, I don't care as much. I get that. I get that. But it did do, like, I mean, all the stuff I liked about it was Wally-based, I suppose. That's true. Yeah. But it was very Wally-focused. You know, we had, you know. It was better than the last issue, for sure. And that is, like you just said, because of the Wally and Linda stuff here in this issue. But, I mean, that that could be fair. Maybe the next arc will be focused on one of the other ones and we'll... You know, yeah. we'll care about them more the next issue. But right now, obviously, we're in Wally Fever because Wally just came back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And him going and seeing Linda and them having some good chemistry and they have that exchange where, uh, so in this world, I'm just made to fall into your, or like, you know, like, are you yeah. the Flash? And he's like, no, I'm A Flash. Like, A well, Flash? That, well, obviously, I'm not going to fall in your arms in. You know, I'm not going to just date A Flash. I have standards. You know, like, yeah. really good witty banter mm-hmm. and they feel, they feel like they're destined to be together. Uh, yep. and that's obviously the ending is that uh, Kadabra shows up and steals her and you know so obviously we set up the plot for the next yeah. issue but of and, course we, we need to talk yeah. about the the thing that leads to that though when when Kadabra's like talking about oh wait Wally and Linda aren't meant to be together yet so, something weird's happened with time in the universe and this wasn't his doing it was his doing like you know yeah. who is this his right and we're like is he talking about Manhattan it feels like he is and then, of course, he pulls out his pocket watch and his nosebleed hits the watch and you see just, like, the uh, the Watchman button. A Watchman, yeah, call out, you know, an homage. And I'm like, oh, man. Joe, Joe, they're doing such a good job off here is they're really spacing out these little hints throughout mm-hmm. all the books. There's one maybe every three weeks, three or four weeks, where we get, like, That's a little... Oh, what it should be, yeah. you know? Uh, and this was a really cool one. I was like, so Kadabra knows about this. Does he really know about it? You know, like yeah, but he's from the future, right? That's so, true, like, yeah. he has a different perspective of things. That's true because it's, it's it's possible that he's from the future. So he, like, he's from after whenever they sort everything out. So yeah, like he's looking back and going, "Wait, that shouldn't be here yet." Or is he from the original future before things get messed with and things aren't adding up for him because timelines of well, yeah. And see, from my perspective, he's much more of a Wally villain than a Barry villain. Mm. So he's going to have more of a... Because he even brings that up here. He goes, yeah, the the original Flash and, and his kid Flash thwarted me 
but I have more issues with the younger one. And yeah, actually, Joe, I like see that whole scene where he's got all the doppelgangers and he's like, right, mm-hmm. give me the analysis of everyone, right? That for yeah. me, as much as is as weird as it was last issue that there was all these doppelgangers, mm-hmm. I did think this made it worth it. That this is what what he was yeah. doing. He was getting them to like analyze them and all that. It was actually yeah. also there's that moment between Donna and Roy, yes, in Arsenal and and Donna Troy, and where he kind of just plays off, oh, I'm a liar. Like, don't believe anything I said. I because, was trying to just defeat her. Yeah, because she, she asked about him saying that he loved her when he had the uh, mm-hmm. the last of persuasion on him mm-hmm. uh, in the last issue. And yep. it has that nice little moment at the end of that scene where he says, oh, no, I'm just, I just mean like a buddy. And she's like, oh, good. And she walks yeah. away and then he's like, quietly says, see, I'm a good liar. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great liar. Yeah, like, this oh, is the most nice. I've cared about Roy since, like, he was in Checkmate back in the day and he lost his arm and cried for justice. Oh, that's a while ago. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, well, because him and Red Hood and the Outlaws, which I read far too many issues of, you know, which is why I'm not reading the current one because I know better. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a nice little breathing moment. And uh, I think we also keep seeing them eat. Uh, so food's being shared, yeah. It made me want pizza, yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. Uh, no, I'm still enjoying it. I, I, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's one of the best books of Rebirth, but I think the character stuff it's doing with Wally and its little hints at the overall Rebirth stuff is making it consistently fun. And yeah, um, I'm liking the banter between the characters, which I think makes for a lot. Yep. Uh, yeah, Abnett definitely has that down. Like, I think he does better with group books than like Aquaman, mm. where it's so focused on one character or Aquaman and Mera. So... I think because I come to this where I could happily read like 10 issues of these characters just sitting at a campfire talking where, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I get some banter, I'm usually quite happy. Yeah. So, no, uh, that's Titans issue three with the uh, the Watchmen uh, hints and uh, teases. Uh, hopefully that'll lead to something soon. Next up, that'll take us on to Blue Beetle issue one written by Keith Giffen and art by Scott Collins. Speaking of banter... Speaking of, yeah, this is probably the most bantery book uh, yeah. DC's got right now. There's, it, sometimes, like, do you know how when I were talking about All-Star Batman, like, two weeks ago, and I was saying mm-hmm. how sometimes I had to reread, like, a, a couple of the speech bubbles because I didn't really quite get what the hell they were yep. saying? I almost have to do that here, but not not in the same way. They're be- it's moving so fast. Yeah, they're being so white, right. and they're, qu- they're rapid-fire, like, responses off each other that sometimes I'm like, wait, what was yep. that a response to? Oh, it was that bubble? Okay, <laughs> like, yep. Um, it, it's making me really try and like, you know, it's keeping me on my toes. I'm really having to pay attention so to the dialogue. Have you this. read much? Have you read much Giffen before? I don't think so. No. Okay, because that—that's what he's known for. Him and J.M. De Matthias. Matthias, I can't ever say that guy's last name. It's, it's a strange one. But, like, there, I can't believe it's not the Justice League, and um. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Metal Men, they worked on together. It's very rapid fire and quick like that. Not cool. So, yeah, it's very enjoyable. And here, too, not much happens, but you you definitely, by the time it, the issue's over, it have an understanding it, of the relationship between the Beatles. Yeah, it does not it doesn't. I feel like it, there's two big things that happen here. We get some more of the high school yeah. stuff, and we get some of the split yep. Paco and his female friend. Uh... Crap. 
Brenda. We'll know, we'll know next time. Brenda. <laughs> yeah. But like their their banter, where they're constantly insulting each other and stuff's great. Uh-huh. But the two big story things that happen is that Jaime is having uh, dreams of like Doctor Fate uh, mm-hmm. fighting some sort of scarab, you know, in the past. Yeah. The looks of it, you know, it's, it looks like ancient Egypt or whatever, and he's fighting this mm-hmm. scarab, and. At this point, he doesn't know that uh, Dr. Fate went to see Ted. So later on in the issue, when he's in the middle of a fight with this big guy, uh, Ted just drops in. Oh, and by the way, Dr. Fate dropped by. We should probably talk about that. He's like, what? Dr. Fate? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, 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 was, that was really fun. And it sets up like, oh, what's this? What's Dr. Fate's involvement with this scarab that obviously was hinted at last yeah. issue? Like, it, it continues that on a little bit. And we set up this, this uh, the posse, which is like almost like a street gang mm-hmm. of supervillains. Uh, the, oh, metahumans. Or metahumans. Because yeah. Ted, Ted's like, well, just because they're gang doesn't mean they're bad. And I'm just like, yeah, I've interacted with them. They're kind of bad, you know? Yeah. Um, Ted, so there's definitely more than that's going on. Yeah, because Ted's trying to use them to get information and track things yeah. down. And they show yeah. up at the end in costume. And yep. presumably uh, Jaime's going, maybe going to have to stand his ground and say, no. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely you're saying it's very witty. There's a crack that they make it how everyone's afraid of Jaime's mom. <laughs> and so his friends and stuff are just like, you wouldn't let him get away with that. Uh, you wouldn't let us get away with that. So I also love that um, Cord's doing a, like a career day thing on being, he's like fully Tony Starking out. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's here and giving the speech and like, it, I love how it, it, it cuts to a panel of uh, Jaime, like just sitting uh-huh. in the crowd, being like, "Of course he's here. Of course he won't stay uh, in my life." Of course. Yep. And so I just, oh, I love that. I love having Ted Cord back in this version of him, you know, because he was gone far too long. No, so, um, yeah. no, Blue Beetle was a lot of fun. It's one of those things where I never really read Blue Beetle before Rebirth, yep, and I'm, I'm being drawn into it. It's, it's, it's yep. doing, it's doing its own thing. It's the only book out of the whole lot that's high school based that's you know it's a reluctant it's almost teenager. their ultimate spider-man you know yeah almost but obviously part of the world and i'm sure yeah uh yep. we'll, we'll see how that affects things as we go on but no uh so blue beetle issue one was uh good yet again much like the rebirth issue that'll take us on briefly to suicide squad issue three written by rob williams art by jim lee i say briefly because it's just me that read this because connor's not here to yeah. uh so, so let me guess Despero shows up at the end of this one. <laughs> no, I'm afraid there's no more. Uh, well, actually, there's a surprise show up at the end. And I've, for- yeah, see? And I've, I forgotten, I've forgotten who it was now. I, let me, oh, well, man. I remember them, but I, I forget the name of the team. Hon. So for for newer people that are watching this, I forgot to read an issue of Aquaman. And as uh, Pete and Connor were talking about it, they say Superman shows up. And that's where I'm like, wait, are you guys just messing with me? And then I didn't read Suicide Squad last time, and they said Zod shows up. So I'm thinking that they're pulling pranks on me. <laughs> no, without a doubt, both Superman shows up in Aquaman, and Zod shows up in Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, this wasn't as good as the last one. It was mostly just a lot of fighting, because obviously Zod showed up at the end of the issue too. Yeah. And it was a lot of, you know, like, he's fighting them, he's blasting heat vision, they're, like, ducking and diving and trying to hit him with whatever they've got. And then, like, yeah. soldiers from this bit, you know, the, the prison they're in show up. And this is when yeah. Deadshot and Harley, like, grab these big, like, you know, uh, rail guns almost and just, like, 
you know, and she's cracking uh, a one-liner, and they're just shooting, like, you know, thousands of bullets into these people, and it's, it, it just yeah. felt a bit, you know, same old, same old, it's just a big fight. Yeah. Uh, I was really interested when Zod showed up, because I thought, oh, maybe, oh, so this could be interesting, like, they have to tackle yeah. Zod. But I, I thought it was going to open with him, like, maybe, like, talking to them, you know, like, maybe not just jumping to fighting, like... Like, yeah, he's a general. Like he has some diplomacy. Yeah, but I could almost imagine you know? Zod trying to like take them for himself. Like this is my army now. Yeah. Like you know, like something like that. And he just immediately starts fighting, and they all, they all have this bit of a scramble, and it's just chaos the entire issue, with the occasional okay one liner. And then yeah, the kind of like the movie. Yeah, and then the ending is basically just the people who actually like own this base, this prison shop, and it's the Annihilation Brigade. Cool. I don't know who that is. <laughs> nor, nor do I. Uh, the one at the front's kind of cool, though. He's, he's got like a... Imagine Ghost Rider, but he's got like a, a deep diving suit on top of him. Uh, I don't know if you're making this up or not, Pete. <laughs> well, for copyright reasons, I can't show it on the screen, but... I just... Yes, I understand that, but still. Yeah, there's, there's also... Uh, Ghost Rider with a deep diving suit on top of him is there's... like... There's also one that's got like a head that's like a slab of concrete. Imagine, imagine like Joe you know the alien head, the xenomorph from the movies. Yeah. But imagine, that, but imagine it was concrete and it was also completely uh, straight edges. So it was like, <sighs> so, so it had a flat front with his face on it and then it like goes back to a point. I'm almost not surprised it's not written by the author who must not be named. Uh, and then there's a, I don't even know what he looks like. He's one-eyed... The Annihilation Brigade. Clay Monster wow. thing. And then there's a red cloaked version of Raven with a what looks like the Infinity Gauntlet on. <laughs> it's, it's a weird weird concoction of villains. I, I, I'm not familiar with these um, ones. Not, not once during this segment have I been sorry I'm not reading this. Also, I've just noticed. Uh-oh. The, uh, the one who has the slab of concrete for her head, his speech mm-hmm. bubble is a, is a peanut. Like, I, I don't mean... It's an, I don't mean this, the bubbles in the speech. It doesn't say anything. It's a square speech bubble, and inside the okay. speech bubble is a drawing of a peanut. I'm sure you did stumble upon Harley Quinn. <laughs> uh, that sounds much more in her book. I'm not going to lie. Given I'm, what Connor told us last week about it. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty ready to just sort of say bye to this one. Uh, yeah. the what back, was the backup this time? The backup was a Katana story, and it was basically cool. just... Uh, it was just basically a by the numbers. This is Katana's origin, you know. And she's yeah, talking to him. Her, her she's, she's talking to Amanda Waller in present day, and it cuts back, and it's just kind of yeah. you know beat by beat what you'd expect uh, yeah. over the like six seven pages or whatever it is. Uh, but now that's Suicide Squad. Uh, not much to say. Yeah. I, I didn't really like this issue. Um, like yeah. I wasn't really super into it before either. But then Zod showed up, and I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then the, the... well, that almost made me go back and revisit it. And but I wanted to see how the payoff was, and if. The payoff was interesting. Like he's like, "Oh no, you're under my command now," and that was all like Waller's plan that yeah. should get them legit Kryptonian military training, and, and then they're gonna shove them back into the Phantom Zone, you know. But like so, so far, it's just not really doing anything for me. And again, I'm feeling the length because it's like a 22 page book with a backup. It's like the main story's over really quickly. Yeah, uh, that was my main problem with the first issue we read. So, so now nah, that's Suicide Squad. Uh, that'll take us on uh, briefly with Matt instead of me. Is uh, Deathstroke yeah. issue three, uh, written by Christopher Priest and art by Joe Bennett. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this is just basically uh, Slade hanging out with his daughter Rose, who was you know brought up in the last issue, and uh, she works basically as an anti-hitman. Like she she gets calls from other people. Like there's a hit out on one of my people, like a crime syndicate. Uh, can you go stop the hitman? And so she realizes early on that it's not a regular job. It's an ambush. And they play with her premonition powers uh, that she can kind of see where things are going before they happen. And so she gets out of that jam and meets up with her dad. They have like a night uh, where she hangs out with him. And he's very critical of her. And it's like, look, if you're going to go into the family business, you need to take it seriously. And there's flashbacks to what had happened when he left for Cambodia in the last issue with Wintergreen. Um, basically, a bad guy came in when when uh, Jericho – what's Jericho's real name? His, his young Chris? son. Not Chris. But basically comes in looking for Slade. And not Y2J, Pete. It just hit on me. <laughs> it took you a while, Matt. Uh, because I'm, I'm recounting the story, and I'm trying to think of his real name. Anyways, um, and he his son ends up as collateral damage, and you can kind of see that they cut his throat, which plays into the Teen Titans. Because we know in Teen Titans we're getting the retelling of uh, the Terra storyline. Of You mean the Judas uh, Contract? The Judas Contract, yeah. yeah. And he plays a big part in that. So, And we see that the wife was upset because she ran off after him, leaving the son there by himself. And she basically puts a gun to the back of the head and you see him lose the eye. And it's, you know, the art is really well handled and it ends with, uh, basically when they, they trace back who had ordered the ambush on Rose and they end up with a bunch of this money and, Slade's like, well, you can't go cash that because these are trace bills from this place. And Rose's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? And he's like, well, and he gives her this lesson on how money's printed and leads with them going, or Slade and Wintergreen going to Gotham City. So it was a little bit of a takedown from the last issue, which, again, it's a middle. This is issue three. With the rebirth, it's four. So the pacing's a bit slower in this one. Yeah, the pacing is a lot slower, and it, the way that I'm picking up the priest writes things, it's it's almost like a novelist where there's stuff written in between, like we're supposed to be picking up on other stuff as it's going on. Like he's not spoon feeding us a lot of this, so I definitely think it'll read better in trade. I'm still really enjoying it, like the art and the story. I'm a big fan of the character of Ravager, so and by the way, it's Joey, his son, that not Chris. Okay. That Joey Wilson, Joseph, so just clicked. But yeah, so I definitely enjoyed it. Um, again, seeing Rose, and she doesn't have the eye patch yet, so I'm sure that's to come. Uh, should be fun. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, no Connor this week, so of course Hal Jordan and Hellblazer, you're just going to have to wait until the next issues for Connor's extended thoughts. Man, that's going to be a let's long... Not- Tell him, yeah, let's not tell him about Hal Jordan, see if he remembers to read it. Because I'm going to see him using this as an opportunity to cut bait. Oh, no, let's, let's not give him the opportunity. Let's, <sighs> let's make sure. Let's make sure he has no excuse. Yeah, but I want to see if he's going to be honest or if he's going to do what gingers do and 
<laughs> no wiggle out of it. David Ginger's did it. Oh dear. Well, I guess that would uh, leave us to pick our favourites of the week. Favourite panel, first of all. Yeah. Um, well, that's a tough one this week, actually. Actually, yeah. I mean, honestly, even my top five this week is super tough because I don't really feel it was a standout book this week. I feel like, you know, out of the ten issues I read, there was like eight of them that were like all just solid, great across the, the board, you know? Yeah. Maybe I can narrow it down to like four that were great, but then it's like, which one of these four is number one? I'm not even sure. Well, well, yeah, and since I'm at a point right now where I don't have like a book that I'm not liking that I'm reading, it's very hard to put one in the bottom slot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas for me, that this week, obviously, it's Suicide Squad. Oh, it's easy. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's just easy. So, But uh, panel of the week, though, it's tough. There's a lot of good stuff uh, throughout here. Uh, I am. T- I I have mine. Oh, on you go then. You don't take it. Well, yeah. you go first, so then. mine is. It's not just a panel. It's a series of panels. It's from Batgirl. Okay. To where she she blocks the punch and Skullgirl is is can like surprised and so is Barbara that it worked. Mm-hmm. So such good. And plus, I'm such a uh, fan of Albuquerque's art. So anytime I can pull a favorite panel from there. It's a good time. That's a fine, fine choice. I... Mm, it's tough. See, I'm tempted to go with the other panel in Batgirl that I mentioned with the, uh, the sneak oh. around the corner. Just because that... Even though yeah, it, usually, that's a good one too. Usually I pick one that's got more of like a big story impact which is really emotional. Whereas that one I yeah. just really like because of how old school goofy superhero it feels. Yeah. Uh, so I might go with that one. That's a lot of fun. We get a lot of action poses and stuff yeah. in this... You know, so that one works. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, See, had you not said, had you said the one before, I was gonna pick where, where Slade loses the eye because it's done in silhouette, and you, you right. know, like, you know, he's wearing the eye patch at this point, so it's very much hinted. That's it. So, oh man, now the top five. Now I have to do some thinking. Yeah, top five's tough this week. I I really struggled, like, because I always I always kind of do this on like a Wednesday after I've read my books. I always sort of look and go, yeah. right, I'm going to make a, a quick list up and just I'll revisit it come you know record time. And mm-hmm. this time I was just like, man, I really don't know where to put it at number one because I feel like, like you know, Detective quite often wins these weeks when Detective's out, but it's like you know, this was a great issue, but it was just the middle of this event rather than being like yeah. the prominent you know thing that the last one was yep. you know um do i pick teen titans because i really like teen titans but at the same time i'm like yeah but there's not really a whole lot of story in it it just kind of you know it's a lot of fun but it, it just builds yep. and it sets up but it doesn't you know capitalize on it yet which is fine but you know maybe not the pick so i'm like what do i pick and i think in the end i'm going with the flash issue seven as my book of the week here fair enough uh, I don't have a whole lot of reasons for you other than it feels like it's getting to a big climatic point of the story. The idea of the he- the other speedsters giving up their powers because they know it's the right thing to do and the idea of uh, Godspeed wanting to kill all the villains in Iron Heights and Flash wanting to save them because that's who the Flash is. Right. So, yeah, that, that's right. why that's my number one. Um, as, as for the rest, I mean, I really don't know the order here, but we're looking at Detective, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, and probably... Teen Titans is the other four. It's fair. I don't know if that's the order I'd have them in. Maybe Blue Beetle actually would sneak in there over Teen Titans. It's hard to say. But, uh, on you go, Matt. What have you got? 
Yeah, so my number one is also going to be The Flash. Yeah. Just because, for all the reasons Pete said, and plus the art. I can't get over the, how great the art is. Oh, the art's great. Every, every, like, and you know he's squeezing more in there, you know, with this double shipping schedule. So, that's just, my number two is going to be Wonder Woman. I like the story that I'd tell. Plus Liam Sharp's art, again, fantastic. Oh, that's And then, I'm going to go with Action Comics at number three. All right. Just okay. because of all the questions that it posed. It wasn't a heavy hitting. It was a nice little breather of an issue. And then I'm going to go Teen Titans just for the pure fun of, of Beast Boy and Starfire and Damien because we know there's going to be great payoff. You know, once Damien's like, I'm your leader. I, I, I love Damien thinking that he knows everything and thinking yep. he's the best in the room. I love it so much. It's so good. Yep. And again, I touched on the, the Kid Flash stuff. I like the way that Percy brought that up. And then number five is going to be Deathstroke. I'm really liking this book. Even though it wasn't up to the oh, standards. Ultroning, uh, Ultroning, Matt. Uh-oh. Almost finished, goddammit, stupid mate. Uh, almost. But, uh, but yeah, Deathstroke, it wasn't up to the standards as the last issue was, but still pretty damn solid. Uh, and for my, my least liked book of the week, because I don't want to say it's a book that I didn't like, but just probably Titans compared to the rest of them. Okay. Uh, it's monthly. I feel like if this was a double shipper, we'd get through a lot of this, you know, by now. Yeah. But I feel again, like I'd probably have it a bit higher if maybe we had a different artist. I feel like out yeah. of all the books I read this week, that was probably the one with the weakest art. And that's that's why I'm gonna put it there. Mm. Is is mainly the art and you know because we got a lot of that good. Like it kills me to put it there, but there's nothing else that I can think of that I can put it there because. Blue Beetle was great, but it had that whippy, uh, whippy, quippy, quick stuff. Yeah. And the art by Scott Collins is fantastic. So yeah, I feel like what was happening is we dropped some of the ones that we don't like as much. Is that yep. that that worst of the week slot is like almost just like it's still good because we're still reading it. Mm-hmm. It's just something has to go there. So this is yep. like the the baseline. Whereas you know I'm like you know I kind of want to drop Suicide Squad. I, I'm tempted to drop Aquaman. You know there's, there's a you know, a couple like that, but uh, no. So that's that's our favourites of the week, uh, which just leads me to do one more thing, and that is to tell you what is coming next week. And of course, next week is the first week of October. Yep. So uh, I don't think we can do anything special Halloween uh, themed for the month. If I think of it, then we'll do it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll make a a spooky version of the uh, the video overlay for the the video version. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. I'll put a nice big cobweb over uh, Connor's face. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. All right, so um, next week we have... We do technically have three new series, but they're not new ongoings. We have three minis starting next week. We have Hawkman... Well, actually, hold on. Sorry, I've not changed the title because I wrote this schedule out way in <laughs> advance. Uh, the title's actually changed to The Death of Hawkman. Uh, it was originally solicited, of course, as Hawkman and Adam Strange out of time. Uh, so issue one of that's out. Uh, issue one of Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love is out. And remember that that's every two months that's coming out, and it's a big issue. Right. So it's, it's like six dollars, I think, and it's like a big. Oh, good lord! Yeah, but it's like double sized, and then it's only once yeah. every two months. So yeah, we talked we talked about how that was like a really completely different format when they announced mm-hmm. it, but it's cool that they're doing something different. Uh, and then Midnighter and Apollo issue one uh, is out next week, and that's by Steve Orlando, who's done a lot of 
interesting so stuff right now. Monster Man. Yeah. yeah and so, uh, Supergirl, right? Uh, Supergirl, yeah. That's his other, uh, that's his ongoing right now. Yep. So I feel like that's why GLA is maybe not starting until like February, is because he's got yeah. an event this mini on top of his regular like monthly book. Yeah. So then when we get to February, it'll be Supergirl and then maybe two issues of GLA yeah. going forward, which would be cool. Uh, so that's the three minis. Also, we have the next two parts of Batman and Night of the Monster Men crossover with Batman issue 8 and Nightwing issue 6. And then on top of that, we have Aquaman issue 8, Cyborg issue 2, Green Arrow issue 8, Green Lanterns issue 8, Justice League issue 6, Superman issue 8, Connor's Corner with Harley Quinn issue 5. And then on top of that, we do have the next issue 1 in the DC's Young Animal line which is Shade the Changing Girl, which we're going to give a try oh, to. Great. I'm not going to be as openly uh, pessimistic as Matt is, but I will say I wasn't feeling the preview of this when I looked at it. So Yeah, I read the Shade the Changing Man resurrected book for Blackest Night, and I didn't understand a damn word <laughs> that happened in it, so I am not looking forward to this. Uh, However, there is one young animal book that's coming out soon. Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye. I'm I'm interested to try that. I also like Doom yeah. Patrol, so I, I'm already in one of yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, so I'm not trying to be pessimistic about all the young animal, but just the name Shade, and I might end up liking it. Who knows? But like just it. based off of my prior experience with that type of character, is not so bueno. So, uh, let us know what uh, books you're looking forward to next week. Let us know what you think of this week's books. You know, what, what was your yeah. favourite, so on, uh, in the comments below. You can obviously get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. You can email us, mailedfuzz at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, yeah, uh, like and subscribe, all that jazz. It helps us out a lot. Comment and, you know, whatever else. Share us on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, thanks very much for watching and or listening. Uh, check out the other stuff we do. Of course, we have two YouTube channels. Mailed Fuzz TV, which this very podcast is on, along with all the TV reviews. In fact, this weekend, we had to squeeze this in with all of the reviewing of Luke Cage, which me and Connor are doing all weekend. So if you want to check all that stuff out, you can see It'll that. Uh, over on the Mailed Fuzz Movies YouTube channel, you have me and Matt doing movie reviews on 1.21 gigawatts. You also have me and Timmy uh do horror movie reviews on screams after midnight so you can check out all that stuff if you want to hear us talk about movies and tv and all that jazz because you know we talk about all that all stuff. that fun stuff yeah we, we spend a lot of time talking too much basically uh yeah so true that's that's everything you should be checking out and i think that's us i think that's us yeah so and Hit Twitter, let Connor know that he's a ginger, and that's why we treat him the way he does. Ginger scum. We do. Ginger yeah. scum yeah. or ginger filth. I, I like both. Oh, uh, yeah, filth goes because it's like a filthy casual. Nothing's yeah. worse than a filthy casual. He's a filthy ginger. Yeah, that might be worse. <laughs> that might be worse. That might be worse. Um, but no, that's us, guys. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, keep reading comics. And always remember never get lost in the Speech Force. Long live the Legion. <laughs> <laughs>